Mueller and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It's high noon on a Wednesday afternoon. That could only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest of what you should know. By now, you want to chime in anytime over the next two hours. You can get at us on the .com. I'm talking the Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52 Nobody. What up, cousin? Man, first off, I mean, I got to give a big time shout out to my dad. Yep. Because it's Veterans Day, man. And, you know, him being a 13-year Marine, always, you know, appreciate him for his service. And then also the, the various family members that I have, cousins, uncles, aunts that have served. And just everybody in Steeler Nation, man, that, that was a 100%. part of, you know, the armed services, man, risking their lives to give us this this freedom, this luxury of being able to be on the radio in a safe environment, man. Never want to take that for granted. And they should be celebrated all the time. But since today is their special day, mm-hmm. I feel like it's only right that that's how I start off. You no, know? I'm, I'm glad you said that. Absolutely. Happy Veterans Day. Uh, thank you to all the great men and women who have served and are currently serving uh, this country. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your efforts. And uh, like Arthur Motes said, uh, it's one of those things I, you know, everybody, I feel like everybody in this country, you either, whether it's a family member, whether it was a parent, an aunt or an uncle, a grandparent, whether it's a friend, um, you know, whether it's maybe an in-law, whatever, everybody in this country has somebody who is, you know, who has served in the military, who, who has some type of military background. And, uh, and thank you to all those who serve, who have served and, uh, and are serving. Without a doubt, man. Without a doubt. <sighs> Arthur Motes. It's always good, man. It's always fun. I'm glad this. we started with that. Yes, you got to, right? Because we got other news that... <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we take one Some day... Some other happenings that might not be quite as... Uh... We take one day off to give Coach Tomlin a chance to speak, and this is what he want to talk about? Really, Coach T? <laughs> that, this what you going to drop on us? <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah, Arthur Motes, uh, some, let's just say, interesting developments. Since uh, we, that's a nice way to put it. Since we went that's, off the air on Monday afternoon. That is a very nice way to put it. Interesting developments. <laughs> some COVID developments, Arthur Oh, Motes. man, don't you say them words to me now. Yep. Finally got them stellars. Oh, no. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. In terms of affecting the Steelers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we we think we're, we're pretty sure. And again, these things not confirmed necessarily by Coach Tomlin because we know how. And I'm going to get Arthur Motes fired up here. We know how all the HIPAA stuff works and, and all these things, right? And Arthur Motes says, well, how come I can get hurt and everybody knows it 20 minutes later, but we can't disclose what's going on here. All right, so I don't want to get, I don't want to hey, wind bro. up Arthur Motes on this Wednesday. Don't make it make sense today. All right, usually I ask you to make it make sense. Don't make it make sense for me today. Just, just let me go. It's kind of like when you drive by a restaurant and they say no inside dining. And they got a tent outside for you to dine in. 
So I can eat inside as long as inside is technically outside, but I can't eat inside? Like I said, I don't even want to know. Don't, like, don't, don't, don't help me understand it. It's like out of Inception right there. I'm like, what? It's a dream inside of a dream. So it's cool as long as it's not in the facility. You could be next right. to the facility in and housed inside of a mobile tent. Hmm. That's fine. Hmm. It can have heat in there. It can have chairs in there. It can have tables in there. It can have TVs in there. Just don't let it have running water. It, it, that's what, it can't have the plumbing. That, that's what it is. We plumbing is, is the caveat. <laughs> We just got to get rid of plumbing across <laughs> across the world, and then we're, we're like, good with this virus. What are we doing, man? Me? I got some of my buddies have deduced that they think Yingling is the cure for coronavirus. I think we might have just taken this. See, I thought it was further. tequila. I, I, that's <laughs> what I always told myself. In a, in a lack of plumbing, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, Arthur Motes, Vance McDonald, Ben Roethlisberger, Jalen Samuels. Vince Williams and Gerald Hawkins on the reserve COVID-19 list. Now, again, this doesn't mean that all these guys tested positive. This doesn't mean none of them tested positive. All right, we, we know how this works. We're not going to speculate here. Well, as it stands right now, the only one who has a positive test is Vance. Correct. Everyone else, it was contract tracing, but these guys Correct. were in the most closest or direct proximity with Vance. And just a little bit more of the backstory with that. They said he was sick on Friday, sent him home. He comes in Saturday, doesn't have a negative – I mean, doesn't have a positive test. They allow him to fly with the team, goes out there, takes the test before the game. Apparently, they don't get the results back until after the game. We're not going to really know when that whole thing transpired, the flaws in that, but – they simply said that took the test before the game, got the results after the game, mm-hmm. said he was positive. Then obviously he still flew back with the team. So we don't know if he found out or if the team found out Sunday afternoon or right. was it a Monday morning situation. Right. But the biggest thing was him flying back with them as well. Obviously close proximity for an hour or so on a flight. Yeah, you got to go and do the due diligence here in this scenario. Yeah, for sure. And his locker is right next to Ben's. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so well, and they have a close relationship as well. Yep. We, we, that's, that's been very documented throughout this whole process as well. And, hey, and here we are, right? Um, we didn't want this to happen to the Steelers. But I think Arthur Motes, to be fair, uh, we would have been a little naive if we also, you know, said that there was just no chance that this was going to happen to the Steelers, right? Um, I, I do agree with the naive part of it, but – by you saying that, it does still draw up an issue that I personally have with it. And it goes both ways. I think NFL is lo- like the larger party at fault here because by rule, the Steelers did abide by the protocols that they have in place. And I do feel like the protocols have been flawed. And we've seen this now for consecutive weeks. I mean, with Marlon Humphrey having a similar situation, and then we saw how that team was affected by with some of those players having to miss practice and things like that. Obviously, hmm. we know the Titans situation and the Raiders situation as well. To me, I feel like the NFL needs to be more stern in terms of if a guy is sick in any way, shape, or form as it pertains now, you have to err on the side of it being COVID-related and not allow that person to travel with the team regardless of the player because – by them technically saying, hey, man, we knew he was sick and if we sent him home, but he didn't have a, a positive test, by rule, he was still okay to fly. By rule, he was still okay to play in the game, even though they didn't have the results of the tests before the game. Right. So to me, that's a bigger issue on the NFL standpoint in terms of just the structure of the protocols and the flaws within that system. 
But then I also have issue with the Steelers in terms of you knew he was dealing with enough of symptoms, right, that you would send him home. It wasn't as if he was out there on Friday, had zero going on, and everything was fine. Like they kind of they tried to allude to when they were speaking of it, oh, he didn't display symptoms. That's inaccurate because you put on the injury report Friday that he had an illness and you sent him home. So if you know that, hey, the likelihood of somebody testing positive throughout the season is going to happen, why wouldn't you have – why wouldn't you operate with an abundance of caution in these scenarios? Why wouldn't you say, you know what, man, if it's any type of it could be, let's err on the side of caution here and not even or, – or have this guy fly separately. We saw the Patriots do that with Stephon Gilmore. We've seen different teams – uh, even Detroit Lions, they had Matt Stafford fly on a separate plane for his game as well. So we're not saying that you wouldn't necessarily have to have the guy play, but you could take extra steps, extra, like I said, extra precautions to avoid a scenario where now instead of it just being one person, yeah. now we're potentially looking at five other people that are affected by this. And to me, I just thought that that was a little bit negligent on their side as well. It's... Man, I it it's hard for me not to think that this morning too. I, I mean, I, I agree with you on that. I'm also, and I've told you this before. I'm very cognizant throughout this entire process. You know, ever since March or April, and and certainly once we've gotten sports going again in this country, to never pretend like I have all the answers, right? Correct. Um, and to never kind of do the pontificating thing where you, mm-hmm. how dare could you do this, right. and Absolutely. how could you possibly. But I do think you're right in the sense of like this. We, we've seen this now. It's the same thing we saw with Marlon Humphrey, right? Mm-hmm. And the and the and the feeling sick, and, right. and and then coming back into the fold. And we saw how we reacted as a whole to that, right. both as the organization yep. and as a fan base. Yep. We we were like, man, this is negligent on your part, borderline. You know, just you you knew almost the intent behind what you were doing, putting that guy out there, knowing mm-hmm. everything was going on. The same way we looked at the Patriots with Stephon Gilmore. We said, even though if it was enough for you to put him on a separate flight, what did we say? If you put him on a separate flight, he probably shouldn't have been out there. You probably shouldn't have had him go out there and play mm-hmm. in that game. Because that is if, what we said. If it was enough for you to do that, then there isn't no other excuse. So for me, I always preach keeping that same energy. I always preach if we're going to do it for one way for this, keep it the same across. And that's what this is right here. It's like, dude, we've seen these scenarios happen. It's not as if y'all were the first ones to go through this or have a player that had a little bit of an illness but not a positive test. And we also are aware now of the incubation period and how, okay, you could be showing symptoms on this day and not have a positive test, and then two days later the positive shows. Mm -hmm. So now that we have this new information, I personally think that 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 excuse goes out the window, but that goes back to why I said I think it's bigger on the NFL and it's more on them because it's their protocols and they are allowing it. I understand we could ask the Steelers and ask these other teams to take the initiative, which would be great. And you would mm-hmm. hope that, I mean, just from a common sense standpoint, that you would roll with that. But that's not their obligation. Whereas the NFL, it is their obligation to put protocols and rules in place to protect the health and safety of the players. I mean, we, we talk about always on the field, on the field, on the field, right? We're quick to, man, was that an illegal hit to the head? Was that a shot at the knees? Was that a blind side? We, we will overprotect and make sure it is bubble wrap safe when we're talking about, you know, on the field. But we're seeing once again now when it comes to the off the field stuff or the stuff that isn't as gory from an optic standpoint, it takes a little bit of a back burner. It takes a little bit of a back seat to the, yeah. the whole health and safety initiative. Whole lot to get into here. 
uh, yeah, what the NFL could do going forward with this because I, I got to think something changes in this regard now, particularly like this is only going to continue because we are now getting into flu and cold season. So people are going to have those days. Everybody knows this, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. Maybe if you live in like Florida or Texas or somewhere where you really don't get winter, and maybe you don't know this as much, but like if you live anywhere in the Northeast or anywhere where it's cold and you get the full four season experience, you know. Like it happens. You have days in December and January and February where you just wake up and feel crummy. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when it's 20, 30 degrees outside all the time. You get that winter crud, you get that cold. How's that going to play out as that continues as we roll into the second half of the football season here? Are there going to be new protocols from the NFL? How do the Steelers go about everything this week? We will get into all of that, as well as your tweets when we return, because we've got some questions as it relates to uh, just everything going on here. We'll get to that as we roll along. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, you are listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it's Steelers Blitz on SNR in the danger zone in the electric factory. Uh, we got some tweets rolling in. Keep those coming at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. You know, we'll always get to your reaction here as the show rolls along. But Arthur Motes, I, I do want to ask you to kind of put a bow on the conversation that we started the show with in, in relation to uh, some of these COVID concerns and protocols and things of that nature. Um, if you were making the decisions for the National Football League, what kind of would you be, or what would the, how do I want to say this? Spit it out, Euler. What, uh, what procedures would you put in place going forward um, You know, with some of the stuff that we've seen over the last couple of weeks with Marlon Humphrey, with Vance McDonald, even dating back to the example, like you said, uh, if you want to go further back, uh, like the Stephon Gilmore incident. Uh, what, pro- what are some protocols that you think should be in place, I think particularly in terms of travel and things like yeah. that with teams uh, that, that aren't currently in place? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is if you have a person – First off, showing any signs of illness. I don't care if you want to classify it as common cold or flu. We said right now, as it pertains to COVID, the symptoms are very similar to the flu and cold for these NFL athletes. So you're not going to be able to properly differentiate the two. So error on the side of caution. You expanded your practice squad rosters for this. That was the whole selling point when when we talked to the NFL, like to the players that are currently uh, in the league right now who voted upon the expanded uh, practice squad roster, that Mm -hmm. veteran practice Mm -hmm. squad and everything like that. They were sold on it being, hey, we're going to play games. We anticipate guys testing positive, but to avoid missing games and to avoid outbreaks, as soon as somebody has any type of symptom, they're not going to be here. We're going to use one of these guys from the roster. That was the thought process. That's what all of us thought collectively. Right. All right, cool. You got the expanded rosters. That's what it's for. Perfect. But they have not utilized that at all. In fact, we've seen them move games. We've seen them do everything but utilize the roster. So for me, when I think of what would I do, I'm utilizing that. I'm going to say, hey, man, I don't care who the player is. 
if the player is showing any types of symptoms or if he does have a positive test, they're not going to be in the building or traveling with the team. That, I mean, it's that simple, man. When you're talking right. about guys, I mean, first off, just think about flying in general. Mm-hmm. If you're going to fly and somebody's <laughs> on that plane coughing or sweating or whatever, man, you you like, hey, man, keep my distance, right? <laughs> yeah. or, or, or just imagine just a regular person trying to go fly with United Airlines right now. And, hey, they're going to ask you, have you had a fever? Yeah, I had a fever. Uh, do you got a runny nose? Yeah, I got a runny nose. Is it COVID? No, no, I ain't, I ain't got no COVID positive nah, test. Just my, just my allergies. You know, but do you think they're going to let you fly? Not a chance. It's not happening. So why don't we in the NFL where it's even more money involved, even more eyes involved and more personnel involved, why don't you take that same type of approach in this scenario? Because you already have insulated yourself with the added rosters. So that way you don't have to worry about having to forfeit games. You could say, okay, if it's five guys and we have a little situation, send those five guys home, make sure they're isolated until it's all cleared up, and use the guys from the added practice squad roster, which was made for this particular scenario. That would be my biggest thing. I don't think you need to move games. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of the postponing of games or canceling the games. Obviously, they're not going the forfeit route. We've already seen that now. They would rather fine you or take a draft pick. So if that's going to be the mindset and mentality, let's utilize the resource that we have. It's not going to you don't even have to structurally change anything based on what you already have in place. You mm-hmm. just have to utilize it. Right. Yeah. I I think that's well said. I th- there's like this isn't going anywhere. You know what I mean? I, and, and and you're crazy if you think it's not going to get worse. We just said the NFL just posted right. two days ago that they had 56 positive COVID tests. That was the most. It doubles the most positive tests they've had since this whole thing is one. I think the most they had at one point was 26. So when you're talking about that, it's only going to continue to get worse because yeah. obviously as flu season starts, like I said, that when if you Google cold and flu symptoms. And then Google COVID Very symptoms. similar. It's almost identical. Yep. The only difference is, okay, you might get to the point where you don't smell it or you can't taste it. That's about the only big, big difference. Other than that, chills, body aches, uh, fever, runny nose, shortness sore throat, of breath. shortness of breath. I mean, we go down the list. That's all cold and flu symptoms as well. So that has to, I feel like that has to be the approach if you really want to continue to make this thing work. So. No, I'm, I'm with you. Like, Everybody preaches the like we're all in this together thing until you know, right? Till it's time to win a football game. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, and I think it's well said what you just touched on about how this is kind of just the tip of the iceberg. Like we're getting into cold season here, we're getting into flu season here. This is only going to get worse. You know, and I, I use air quotes with worse, but like we're only going to have more instances right. of this. And we're and, not even saying in terms of the life and death element of it. We understand right. with this demographic in terms of the players, they're not at risk. We went down that rabbit hole of, okay, coaches are at risk. They're older. We already talked about some of these players who have either wives that are currently pregnant or newborns and stuff like that. They also have elderly people living with them. So we know it's more than just them so that's not the the mindset either in terms because we know that's the always the rebuttal right well these guys are healthy man they're low risk it it, is it's bigger than that we've already established that fact yeah and you know what too like if you guys can remember back to july to august to training camp 
when we, you know, Arthur Motes and I were doing the three hour, what was it? We were doing three or four hour shows a day during training camp. Were we doing four or was it just, was it three? No, it was three. Okay. Yeah, it was three. You know, we brought you a lot of different sound, played a lot of different sound during training camp. We always do that, obviously, with our training camp coverage on SNR, uh, but even more so this year because just of how unique a time it was hearing everybody's perspective and what they were going through. One of the guys who took was taking this most seriously was Vance McDonald. Mm-hmm. I mean, he talked about how he was changing his lifestyle. He talked about how this is very serious to him. He was talking about how he really wants to play the season and have this all work out and how he like doesn't want to be the guy that would be the one who would end up you know, uh, causing problems for other people. And, and he's one of the guys who ends up you know, on the list, like, and that's coming from a guy who we know was being cautious, who we know was doing his due diligence. It can get anybody. I think you're naive again. Like I said, you know, at the start of the show, Motes, I think we were naive if we thought that this was never going to affect the Steelers other than, you know, the Titans switching around right. their bye week or other than, ah, oh, well, Marlon Humphrey got it and we just played against the Ravens. Like, this was going to come to your front door yeah, at some point. And we point. said just based on the law of averages, you look yes. at the amount of players that are in the NFL, the amount of traveling, the amount of people when you look at their circles individually and who they're around when they leave the facilities as well, it was only a matter of time. I mean, right. that's just – I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's oh. not, and that's the thing. It's not as if a player is at fault. We're not faulting no, people for not. contracting COVID. That's not what we're doing because anybody could get it. I mean, shoot, me or you could get it. Just going wherever we going it to can the gro- happen. Going to the grocery store. We, and we already have said that even with the mask, it's flaws with that as well when you really break it down. We know that's more optics than anything. But still... <laughs> You still have to be a little bit more precautious in terms of how you handle it once you have a positive test or once you're seeing symptoms the possibility of a possibility. Of, right. Yeah. That's what we're hard, that's what we're focusing on right now. It man, it's <laughs> it's unprecedented, Arthur Motes. Oh, oh man, I've never heard that before. But if you yeah, I if you want to finish the season, if you want to get to the playoffs, if you want to crown a Super Bowl champion in February. Like this is this is the way. This is how it has to be. You you have to like you said. You said this at the very start of the show. It stinks, and it'll it'll stink when you know when you sit somebody down and when you take them away and and they end up not having a positive test. But you have to err on the side of caution with all this stuff. Like like you really do. And and I feel like the more and more we go along here, that's one thing that we know for sure is that we don't know anything for sure. But we should always err on the side of caution with this, particularly in this context, Motes. Like, this isn't just a, a, a one or two person small business. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this is a massive operation, billion dollar business with with over a hundred employees. Like, you talk about just the guys that dress on game day, right? But then all the coaches, then all the training staff, then all the nutrition people, then all the doctors, the then equipment all, staff, then all the equipment staff, then, then like. The 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 people that have to be there to to cook food and, and and all those things, the hotel staff and the cleaning staff uh, at the hotel facilities and at the facilities where the teams practice and play, like there are hundreds of people that go into this. This isn't just, oh well, I might have been exposed. Well, it's okay because you know I'm gonna still go to work and I only see a couple other people and I can keep my distance. That's great if you can do that in the real world and whatever you do, like. There's people, you know, if, if if Arthur Motes and I, if one of I thought that we got exposed, we could still find a way to do this show. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, Moats just stays stays at home and does it, you know, from his bedroom, or or I just, you know, I take a, a box home to my house and I do the show from my little closet where I do all the podcasts, right? Like, there's ways that in the real world, in the terms of you know business and economy and what you do for a living, that you can keep things moving, mm-hmm. that you can go about your business if you think you've been exposed, if you have had a positive test, even. This is just not one of those situations. There's too many hands in the pile. There's too many people at risk there's too many potential people to be infected Mm -hmm. that you you just have to err extremely on the side of caution and two because if you don't and if it goes the wrong way it it can it can throw off an entire operation uh look at what happened to the tennessee titans look at what what happened over the last two weeks to the wisconsin football program right and again like moat said i'm not alleging any wrongdoing that that could just be Maybe we weren't quite as cautious as we should have been, right? I'm not mm-hmm. saying it was negligence on their part, right? Because this is the difference maybe between just, negligence right. and saying that hey, you should operate with more caution, and or maybe we should have just right. done more, be a little more proactive. That's it's it's a difference. We're not pointing that finger. That that I feel like is very important. We clarify that because that could easily be misinterpreted. That's right. not what we're trying to say here. But there are things that could be done from the NFL as a whole to make this scenario a lot better, a lot more effective, and a lot more efficient. Right now, we're starting to see more of these flaws. And I guess, for me also, the reason I'm more critical on the NFL, it's because they had the absolute most time out of any other sports league. Mm -hmm. They have the least amount of games. To formulate a plan. Yeah. It wasn't like... MLB, who was in the middle of spring training. Two weeks away from the start it of the season. It wasn't like NBA, where Pardon they were in the middle of their season. It wasn't yeah. NHL, where they were gearing up about two weeks away from the playoffs. It wasn't none of those scenarios. It wasn't college basketball, right? A week who, or two who, away who, from March Madness. They, they were in conference tournaments during this time. Yep. That, it wasn't that scenario for the NFL. The NFL had ample time. Ample time. And it looks as if they are the most unprepared out of all the other leagues, and that's the most frustrating part. Because there isn't an excuse. You have blueprints in front of you. You've seen how other people operated, other organizations operated to to make it work. And here we are, eight weeks into the season, nine weeks now, and we're still just kind of on the fly with this thing, just maneuvering as it goes. Yep. Bob, but yet the NFL continues to say, well, we, we knew it was going to be positive tests. We planned for this. Yeah, we had a plan all the time. I'm like, we did. Why are we using it? What, just a test? What, what, that was the plan. Was but, saying, what was the plan? But I tell you what, just testing is not just enough of a plan. We, <laughs> we, we, we've seen that at this point. Right. Because, again, you guys can test negative for three, four days in a row and then mm-hmm. test positive. Incubation period. Yeah. Marlon Humphrey. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. It's just, it's, there's, you've got to err on the side of caution. That's what it all comes down to. I mean, it's really that simple. If you, if you want this thing and I don't even want to say to go off without a hitch, Motes, because, again, right, that's right. not that, possible. That's, like, not, that's realistic. not realistic. Right. We just want you to minimize the the damage, yes. the damage control. That's what we're more, more so concerned because in this scenario, the reason why it's so frustrating is it went from one player being affected to five players being affected. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. If you operate how we were, we were talking about, the only person affected is Vance McDonald. You operate how the and maybe Zach Gentry because because you're gonna need more out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, 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 right. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure he gets IV so he's hydrated. You know, more snaps this week. But but outside of outside of that, these other guys who we're naming: Gerald Hawkins, Jalen Samuels, Vince Williams, uh, uh, Big Ben. Like those guys wouldn't even be in this conversation right now. But because of the lack of 
caution mm-hmm. and the flaws within the protocols, this is the scenario that we're having to deal with right now, and it's very unfortunate. And now for the second straight week, you want to talk about scenarios, you're doing your meetings virtually over Zoom right? for two straight weeks. And, and, and for guys like Big Ben, that's fine, that's right? Fine. He's the veteran. We're good. But you're not going to tell me Jalen Samuels, Gerald Hawkins. Isaiah Bugs, Bugs. I mean, we know even with Vince, Vince is a veteran player, but still the timing of certain mm-hmm. things. I mean – I can show you right now on tape. The Cincinnati Bengals, they love when they're in short yard situation. Mm-hmm. Quarterback sneaks, and they'll do it off the edge of each side. If you don't watch it on tape, though, if you don't know that, you're not going to know how tight to come in terms of, okay, I can show you on tape. We can even talk about it. You could draw it up on your board. But when it's actually game time and you have to have a feel for how fast it's going to be and how tight it's going to happen, you can't get that virtually. You have to be in the building doing that to understand that, to get a feel for that. I speak from experience in that scenario. You also speak from experience when you said on Monday, uh, make no mistake about it, when the Steelers come in on Wednesday, Mike Tomlin's going to lay it down in the film room. There's going to be a lot of guys putting their hoodies up, trying to shrink into their chairs, trying to disappear. That spotlight probably isn't quite as bright on you when you're doing that over Zoom. Correct. <laughs> so, you, you feel a lot better when it says, I wish yeah. I had a Zoom thrashing. <laughs> you wish you, had a, you, wish you mom, had a Zoom tongue lashing. Mom, mom was always that. in person. I could feel the eyeballs on me, man. I'll take the tongue <laughs> lashing over Zoom. That's not quite as I bad. I can act like my server's getting a little shoddy and my camera don't work if yep. that's the case. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, it, it's just not quite the same. As much as it is nice that we can have these Zoom meetings and everything still in, in this virtual era um, it's it's not quite the same. And so, yeah, uh, erring on the side of caution, that's what we're hoping for the rest of the way here, uh, not just from the Steelers, but from everybody in the National Football League because, right, we're all in this together. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. If you want to chime in on the conversation, got a couple tweets already. We'll get to those on the other side. I also want to talk about this idea of expanding this approval of expanding. Not even an idea anymore. It's yeah. approved. <laughs> Pending uh, the NFL going f- to a 16-team playoff, what that would mean to the Steelers, what that would mean for the league. We'll discuss that. We'll get to some of your tweets on the other side as we wrap up the first hour of the show. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. This is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes. We were supposed to have, you know, a new format to the NFL postseason already this year. We did. We did. Already, technically. But it looks like we might have a new format before we have the new format. You you catching my drift? I do catch a drift. So this was supposed to be the first year with three wildcard teams in each conference. The first year with only one bye in each conference, right? So instead of six teams making the playoffs uh, in each conference, 12 overall would have been... 14 this year, seven making it in the AFC, seven out of the NFC, the extra wildcard team. Motes, it's now been approved to have a 16-team playoff if the NFL schedule at all gets altered by COVID. I think no, that's no, no, a very no. interesting caveat. But, but, but wait a minute. Did you see the fine print in terms of 
how they worded the trigger. Oh yeah. If a if a significant game is impacted. Yeah. What is a significant game at the NFL level? Are you talking about? Well, it's not going to be Jets Patriots at the end of the season. I'll well, tell you that well, for free. but this was the thing, right? Because we were talking about, for example, the football team, Washington football team. Oh, the football team. Yeah, and they're still technically in the race for their division. Well, that's true. The Cowboys. You want to know? Quick side the note Eagles for are you. All technically in the race. Quick side note yeah. for you right now, in Vegas, and like on you know next gen stats or mm-hmm. whatever. The Eagles have a better chance to win their division right now than the Steelers do. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Not by much, but by a little bit. It's just it's yeah. just funny when you look at it that Absolutely, way. Absolutely, man. So when they put that in there, to me, I took it as they already have their mind made up. They're planning on doing this. Because obviously we know the money that they're going to make. I mean, you make way more money from an NFL standpoint on playoff games than you would some of these regular season games. I mean, it's just the nature of the business. But by them wording it, if a significant game is impacted, I'm like, you know how broad of a term that is and, and the the leeway that you have? I mean, are we talking significant in terms of playoff scenes? Are we talking significant in terms of draft picks as well? Because we know how that goes in terms of who yeah. get. It's not like a lottery with the NBA. This is solely based on records. So even when we joked about it a little bit, I forgot the team that you, we joked about when you said, uh, was it Jacksonville, I think you said? Uh, just now, yeah, yeah. I said uh, the Jets and the, the Patriots. Jets, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. for example, right, their argument in terms of a significant game from the NFL standpoint could be, well, hey, look, both of these teams at the end of the year are competing for the one seed. Who, who's going to be the, the number one overall draft right. pick? Right. You're not going to tell me from an organizational standpoint that's mm, not significant. That's that is true. That's majorly that's significant. True. That's a good point. So when you talk about how that's a real good wide point. of a spectrum that is, dude, I mean, I, that's why for me I said, man, I felt like they already had their mind made up in terms of wanting to do this. Yeah. And this is their loophole way 100%. of accomplishing that. Yeah. They this is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like you you, you already might know. As, you might as well plan that there's not going to be a first round bye. Uh-huh. And, and that there's going to be 16 teams in the playoffs. Yeah. You, you, they're going to take the money, they're going to take the revenue even if it might kind of um water down week 17 because we talked about that potential scenario well, not too, even right? week 17 i look at the last three weeks of the yeah. season because now seeding isn't as important when no. you don't have that first round bye. you could argue that giving your players a week off is going to be more important, more important particularly right. when you have to play an extra playoff absolutely. game as well too now absolutely yeah, if it's week 17 and the steelers it doesn't really matter if you're the first or the second seed right if you're, if you're not battling with the chiefs for that first round bye, if you're the browns and you're locked in wherever you are right and maybe behind you it's it's the raiders and the mm-hmm. dolphins that are fighting what's your incentive to go yeah. out there and beat each other up week 17 for mm-hmm. a game that's not going to matter for the postseason well, you're not and then they still haven't fully talked about this plan but there have been rumors about how the seeding would work after that as well in terms of you obviously have your four division winners but then they said it would be more so of a bracket style in terms of how they seed everyone and so typically how normal plus work is if we're the one or two seed, right? Once we win, we're going to, if you're the one seed, you're going to face the lowest seed that won in wildcard weekend. Right. What they're potentially leaning towards, though, is not even taking that approach. Just doing bracket Just style. doing more bracket style. So whoever happens to be on the bottom part of your bracket, they could be a, a seven seed, they could be a five seed, they could be whatever, but that would be the team that you would play instead of hmm. the one seed facing the low seed. So that's another reason why. And they haven't fully, like I said, they've been rumoring it, but they haven't fully, uh, they haven't fully confirmed that just yet. But hmm. the other issue with that, and that's why I said 
if you do that, I feel like you're going to get a more watered down end of the season because if that's the approach, well, then it really doesn't incentivize you to focus on seeding when you know your matchup can be anyone. Can you're be not anybody. even going to get that luxury of, oh, right. as long as I'm a top seed, I'm going to face a, a gimme team. So those are all the other things that we're really – I mean, mm. obviously once they – officially make this announcement which like i said we're anticipating it happen yeah give it a couple but whenever they officially make it then all those details will come out but to me man that's another part where i'm just like i feel like you're gonna lose some of the importance of regular season 100 percent, and that's part of why we love football so much because it's all every game is significant right every game is significant that's that's why we love college football on saturdays that's why we love the nfl on sundays it they're legitimately the only leagues where you can argue that every game matters, all right? You know, your baseball manager is going to tell you that every game matters. You know, Mike Sullivan, the head coach of the Penguins, is going to tell you that every game matters. Um, Greg Popovich is telling his team that every game matters, right? right? You could lose a whole 40 games and still make the playoffs. Like, this is nuts. In baseball, the best, <laughs> the best team every year in baseball still loses 60 games. Like, like how? How? How can every team matter and I got 60 losses? <laughs> so, yeah, the only sport where it, it truly matters – is football. I mean, that's it. The sample size is so small. The playoff spots are smaller too, right? Um, I mean, look at it. Up until this year, it was 12 teams that made it in the NFL. Uh, in the NBA, in the NHL, you got 16 teams. You know what I mean? You got over half the league at times making the playoffs. I just, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I don't want a more watered-down playoff. Like, we, we've screamed as football fans for Decades now, Moats, right, about expanding college football playoff. Mm -hmm. We hated the BCS. We wanted a real college football playoff. Then we got one with four teams, and all that took was about four months. And we were screaming for, okay, give us an 18-team playoff. Give us a 16-team college football playoff. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Arthur Moats, but I don't remember ever in my life hearing anybody clamoring to expand the NFL playoff. No, we we never wanted to do that. And even we say, okay, even if you expand it, you still wanted to have it where if it's seven teams, at least it's now just the one seed is coveted. Right. Instead of it being the top two seeds, make it more of an incentive to win that, that sure. one Certainly. overall seed. Certainly. And we said, okay, we were fine with that, which was why I thought the players voted yes in terms of expanding the playoffs. And us as a whole, we're fine with that. But when you're talking about taking away the first round by adding another team in there, I mean, we already said with the seventh team that – Eight and eight teams can realistically make the playoffs. We said the Steelers would have made the playoffs the past two years if these were the rules. Oh, so the, Steelers, now, the Steelers wouldn't have missed the playoffs yeah. uh, since the year before they drafted Ben. No question, because the even the two eight and eight seasons that they had in 13 and 12, they still would have made the It'd playoffs be on then. a 16, yeah. 17 year playoff streak. So all of those things factor in in terms of when you're talking about watering down the product. Yeah. And even when people are. are making it where, well, man, if this is the best team, it shouldn't matter who they're playing against. They should beat them anyways. Nine times out of ten, they will. It's very rare you get a Seahawks versus Saints scenario where a, a team with a losing record or, or yeah, the team with the losing right. record or, or eight and 18, yeah, yeah, finds a way to, to upset a top seed. Okay, cool. But the, the bigger issue is the exposure that you're going to risk. Now, from an injury standpoint, you imagine if one of your star players goes down in one of those games, it's happened. Mm-hmm. I can tell you 20, 2014 – Week 17, flexed game versus the Bengals. Le'Veon Bell gets injured. Then you play that following Saturday. He can't go. I mean, for the Bengals, it had no significance. For us, it meant everything. It gave us a chance to clinch a spot, host a playoff game. Now, imagine you're playing that game in, in, in the first round of the playoffs against a team that shouldn't have even been in there, and that happens. We're losing our minds. We'll be livid behind that, man. Yep. We'll be seeking a lot of comfort. 
and rightfully so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's again. I know that it, they're saying that it's you know it's it's been approved formally in place if they have to contingency plan blah blah blah. It's happening, folks. It's happening. That money revenue, those additional two playoff games, though that bottom line is uh, is staring down the barrel at the thirty two NFL owners, and it's happening. Don't come crying to us when it happens because it ain't a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Absolutely. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, one hour in the books. On the other side here, we got a bunch of tweets, so we will start to get to those to open up our first segment of the second hour. We'll also have a little best of the West in hour number two on this Wednesday as well. So get those tweets in at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, inside the electric factory. 60 in the books, 60 more to go. Come back with us on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Good. Me too. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, our number two. Inside the Electric Factory, we're rocking and rolling here on a Wednesday. We'll have Best of the West for you here in about 15, 20 minutes on the program. But first, Arthur Motes, if it's all right by you, if it's all right with you, mm-hmm. I figured we uh, get to some tweets here because we got them rolling in today. Yes, man. We always ask for feedback and participation, and we're getting it. So, man, let's not neglect them any longer. And part of that was on me, man. I did get a little long-winded up here. But, you oh, know, no, we got plenty to talk every about once in a while today. I get a little passionate. We got plenty to talk about today. Uh, Josh tweets, I'm living in my fears uh, <laughs> and diving into the hypotheticals today uh, as I start to turn the page. Big Ben can't, if Big Ben can't play, who starts? And what's the linebacker situation look like with Vincenzo possibly out as well? Well, right now, uh, yesterday, Coach Tom, he said that Mason, Mason and uh, Dobbs, Dobbs are going to get both, opportunities. Yeah. He said Mason would get the majority, yes. but the Dobbs would have a chance to. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was smart by him. You don't want to pigeonhole yourself in terms of making a decision on Tuesday when you really don't need to, nor yeah. do you want to add any negative pressure to either one of those guys by Certainly. naming them the starter Certainly. early in the week because then it's just going to be overanalyzed and overcriticized. But um, as it pertains to the linebacker situation, uh, I had a chance to talk with Avery Wilson doing some other media stuff. Uh, I know he's going to be one of the guys that are in line for that if Vince cannot go. He also said that you know he feels a lo- he feels a lot more confident this week compared to last week. Sure. Now that he's had a week under his belt sure. in the scheme and stuff the extra like that. Extra week of learning and yeah. But he said up on his, his, I guess the biggest knock though that he said for himself is he just hasn't had a chance to run these plays at full speed because sure. obviously he was away from the team until uh, I think it was Friday afternoon, Saturday mm-hmm. time frame. he had to go through all the COVID so testing. So you just get a walkthrough in that regard. And then on Sunday he didn't he dressed but didn't have a snap. And he talked about just trying to follow the game on the sideline. It was cool. But he also said he was just so hyped to be out there that he kind of lost right. thought of all that. He right. was just like, man, this is for real like, going on. So even with that being said, I think he would be probably, you know, he, he would definitely be in the mix in mm-hmm. that scenario. Oh, for sure. Him, Marcus Allen, they they would use those two guys alongside Robert Spillane if Vince weren't uh, able to go. But as it stands right now, they still said that Vince, Ben, and the other guys that we listed outside of Vance McDonald, as long as they don't have a positive test, they should be able to play Sunday. They just will be playing without practice. That's the biggest thing. And that is the good news in that regard as it relates to Vince Williams, uh, veteran guy, year Mm -hmm. number eight with the team in the same scheme, same coaching staff. So – 
if you're going to pick a guy, you know, from the defense to, to not get as much work this week, at least it is the eight-year veteran. You can kind of look at it positively that way, I and think. And I think it's a double positive. So not only if you're talking about Vince being the veteran guy, if you had to pick a guy. And you get more work for, for Avery. For Avery, absolutely. Because yeah. I was going to say, now Avery doesn't have to worry about, good point. you know, having a, a small amount of rest because traditionally the way it works during game week, your starters are taking 90% of those reps. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, there's only so many to go around. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, for example, in practice during the season, I might in practice see 50 plays total, and that doesn't count. You know, the the if it's a six play clip, two of them were you know redos from we gave up a week or two ago. Then three plays are from all right, something that they've done as a one off, and then we get like two plays where it's okay. Right. This is like the basic stuff. So even with that. You just don't get a lot of reps. You don't get a lot of just seeing your basic football stuff that you would need if you're a new guy. So for Avery, this is a great opportunity for him. But even with that, we're still having to see what's going to be the Steelers' approach in terms of how they work this week. Do they go full virtual or do they go, all right, these guys work virtual, but the rest of our guys come in and practice as normal. We don't know those answers just yet. Obviously, as the day progresses, we'll know a lot more. But those are the different scenarios with it. So, like I said, it's a positive, but at the same time, it's going to take some extra work to get over it. Yeah, without a doubt. A lot of moving parts this week. Uh, The good news in that, at least, is that, right, at least you're back home. At least you're not traveling this week. Next two weeks you're back home. Yeah, 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 for sure. So at least you kind of had that long road trip swing out of the way. Less moving parts in that regard while you're trying to, uh, to let some guys catch up, get their feet. Underneath them. Uh, me tweets us. Me! Me! Westman and Dr. Motes. Three questions from me, as always. What are your mid-season grades? Steelers offense, Steelers defense, and Big Ben. Ooh. I'll give the offense... i give the offense a B. B+. Plus. You know, I, they have done enough to win games. They've had their moments where they have flashed and put up a lot of points. Um... Almost, or wait, was it twenty? Yeah, no, they did. Yeah. They did score twenty-five this past week, didn't they? Or was it twenty-four? Twenty-four. 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 Okay. 19. So I was gonna say, yeah, twenty-four-nine. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only one game this season where they haven't hit that. Um, what would have been what twenty-six or more mark that they that they were sitting at? That became the new mark. I thought the mark was, well, 30. was thirty plus. I was gonna say, they, when did twenty-six become a thing? Well, like, because it was the fir- <laughs> remember it was the first time in franchise history that for like seven straight games to start a season they had twenty-six or more oh, points. Okay, that was the thing because I was um, like, I just remember the the knock being. Not scoring over 30 points in 20-something games or something crazy, man. They've had big drives and big moments when they've needed to. Um, and they have they have they've been better this season. There's still been some desire, but they've been better, I feel like, in the ball security department. So still still stuff to, to correct and get better for the offense, but they I I think I'd go B plus for the offense. Let's start with the okay. offense there. What what would you say, Mozi? I'm going B. Yeah, I, I feel like Based on personnel, based on the new expectations that we acquired for them as this thing went on, yeah, they they still have been too inconsistent for me. Um, This is an offense that is capable of averaging 30 a game. They're capable of being a dominant outfit per game, but we're not seeing that consistently. They flash it. They show you glimpses of brilliance, and then we see – you know, glimpses of being stagnant, not being able to run the ball effectively. They still, I mean, are having issues with that. And that, to me, is something that needs to be addressed because they are very one-dimensional 
in terms of how they operate these past couple of weeks. Hmm. We've seen them be successful, but it's been solely based on passing and penalties, not sustainable things that it doesn't matter if you're playing on the road or not, if you get that call or not. We haven't seen that from them consistently enough. So that's why I say B. They have the talent, though, yeah. and they flashed it. Yep. But I feel like that's what a B grade is. It's like right. we know you're, you're capable of it. A. It's cool. Yeah. It's not the best, but it's cool. Yeah. And, and and I say that because when I think of teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, we know they could put up points. Even the Buffalo Bills, when healthy, they could put up points. We know the Ravens, when they're healthy and clicking on all cylinders, they're putting up points. Packers. And, and all of those Packers, well, all those teams we name, we see them do it consistently. Or it's a one-off. Not like our scenario where, I mean, every game we're sitting here like, can we just get can we get four quarters? Or is it going to be one quarter of this is enough to get us the win? Or are we going to get two quarters? Are we going to get three and a half quarters of bad, one quarter of good? Like, what, what's going on here? But that's what we have in Pittsburgh from an offensive standpoint yeah. right now compared to some of those other teams. And that's why I have them at a B. Because those other teams that I just named are in the A categories in terms of how they operate from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, I agree. Steelers defense, I'll give them an A. Not quite an A+, plus because there's some things that we've talked about where, where they can still be a little bit better these last two weeks. Now, you got to take the injuries into consideration, certainly, but I, I want to see them get back on track in terms of just limiting teams' run games completely like they were early in the season. And then just the splash plays. And maybe I shouldn't call them splash plays because when we say splash plays on defense, we think like the turnovers and, and the sacks – the chunk plays that the defense is allowing. Too too many explosive plays. Too many explosive plays of twenty plus yards. Now, with that being said, the defense, you want to talk about rising to the occasion and winning time. They've done that week after week. They are making the big plays that they need to to win games to get the Steelers over the line. Um, they're one of the best uh in terms of turnovers. They're one of the best. They are the best in terms of sacks in the National Football League. They're an A. You need to clean up some of those little things and, and we could be an A plus the rest of the way here. For me, definitely B plus, man. Ooh, well, mochi, I like it. A little, well, little difficult. The professor grades a little bit more difficult than I do. Well, first off, <laughs> what did you just say? You said they've done what? They've allowed too many explosive they plays. Have. When we came into this season, did we view this team as an okay defense or an elite defense? An elite one. Did we talk about this defense as situationally being good, being opportunistic, or do we say they should flat-out dominate from start to finish? We said they should flat-out dominate from start to finish. Have we seen that versus any of these opponents, though? The Browns. Browns are the Browns, only one, yeah. right? And we felt like even with the Browns, they conceded to the game midway through early in the third quarter, so that changed a lot of that. But we haven't seen this defense that we know is extremely talented, that we know had crazy high expectations, way higher than the offense, way higher than the offense, I felt like has done a lot more, but we kind of knew what they were capable of with Ben. It was just the question of how healthy is he going to be. Right. Once we saw he was healthy, it was like, okay, that's the expectation. But with this defense, we said they carried this team last year and they got better. We felt that they got better going into this season. But we've seen them allow too many explosive plays, and it's not as if they're playing murderer's row. It's not like they face Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Brady. No. They face Gary Gilbert, Jeff Driscoll. The best passing quarterback they probably face is Ryan Tannehill. It's not really going to scare you to, in, in that situation. Best athlete at quarterback, Lamar Jackson. But when you look at the amount of yardage in, in terms of during the situ- like the impact yardage, right? Because we know statistically they still are a top-notch defense, and we're not getting, we're not saying that they're not a top-notch defense. But in terms of 
what you expect from them on a play-in and play-out basis. We haven't been getting that consistently. I mean, we even saw, like I said, with the Cowboys. Gary Gilbert should not have been able to do that. But more importantly, that offensive line shouldn't have been able to protect like that. We knew their receivers would give us some issues. But that offensive line shouldn't have protected like that against our D-line. We, we've talked about how in the past couple of weeks, man, the amount of explosive pass plays they've given up. We've seen explosive run plays on this team. They gave up what, over 200 yards rushing two weeks ago. <laughs> to me, those are the reasons why I can't put them in the A category just yet because it's like our expectation was so much higher for them that for me to put them in an A category right now, it makes me feel as if I've lowered what I expect from them. I'm more so now just, no, hey, if you, if, you, if you create a turnover or you keep points off the board, you know, I don't I don't care what happens in the middle of the game. I don't care what happens in the middle of the, the 20s. Like, no, nah, I expect you getting off the field three and outs. I expect you creating hostile environments for quarterbacks. I expect you stoning run games. Like, that should be the case. Dude, the Cowboys' rushing attack was terrible going into that game last week, man. Worst in the league. Terrible. And, and please tell me when you thought that, we made that Cowboys offense one-dimensional last week. Do we, do we ever feel like that? Oh, man, they can't run the ball on us, but we got this thing locked up. We never had that feeling. To me, that's the difference between the A-level defenses and the Bs and B-pluses right now, man. They're on the cusp of it, but they got to be more consistent. I think that's fair by you. And was I – am I right? Was it the Cowboys run – or was it their run defense? I think I, I think I got that mixed up. I think it was their run defense that was. It worse was the run the defense, but for Zeke this year, he hasn't had a hundred yard rushing right, game. right, and which he had, which he had fifty percent of their games yes. last year. And then I think it was the since Dak has went down, there I don't think they've had over a hundred yards rushing in a game or something. It was something along that. that. It was something right. like yeah. that. And obviously, we saw what they were able to do on the ground. Just not even counting Garrett Gilbert between Zeke and Pollard. I mean, they went over a hundred just those two guys by themselves. So. To me, that's an issue. Like, I don't I don't mind the Miles Sanders run that he had in Philly. We saw that where it's more so, okay, you make a guy missing the hole, you know, they, they, you can make a play it's like that. That's fine. It's it, frustrating, but occasionally it happens. that happens, yeah. But but to see teams that aren't good running the ball be able to have that type of success running, excuse me, running the ball, to me that's an issue. But I do believe it's going to get fixed. As soon as Tyson and Hilton come back, that gives That'll them a lot, a, big, more, big help for sure. a lot more flexibility from a – just overall schematic standpoint and upgraded from a personnel standpoint as well. So that's why it's not alarming. If those guys were out for the year, like how Devin Bush was, my grade for them will probably be a lot different and my expectations for them will be a lot different. But knowing those guys are coming back, I do anticipate their their play being elevated as a whole. Finally, grade for Big Ben. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, relative to expectations, what you got, man? The, the way that Motsi laid it out there with the Steelers' defense. If I was gonna, if I was thinking about it that way with Big Ben, I mean, I think I'd go A plus. He's he's been healthy. He's led the way. He's done everything that we've wanted him to do coming into this season, and that we knew the Steelers would put the Steelers in position to contend for the division to to be an AFC and a Super Bowl contender. If I'm gonna take a step back and just evaluate Ben purely. I don't know if I would go A+, plus, but I'd go pretty close. Maybe like A-. minus. Uh, he's been outstanding. What he's done above the shoulders has been fantastic for the Steelers late in games. He has he has been the glue that has brought this whole thing together. He has been the wagon uh, along with the Steelers' defense that has kind of dragged them uh, to the finish line and in some of these wins. But I will say, right, still, I, I think his – his intermediate to deep passing could still be a little bit better. Across the middle of the field, he's still doing well. It's it's outside the hashes um, 
where he just isn't hitting the throws like he usually does. I'm encouraged what we've seen from him from a ball security standpoint this year, right? I think in the Titans game, he did a couple things that had us maybe kind of, uh, uh-oh, <laughs> is, is gunslinger Ben coming back in full force? <sighs> but I, I, I give Ben very good marks for, for ball security so far in terms of that elbow strength. We've seen him take shots downfield. Mm-hmm. Like It hasn't been the arm strength that's been the issue. Right. It's is, been more so the accuracy. Yes, yes. That's encouraging coming off of the elbow surgery. You'd rather have it be that way than the other way around. Uh, so yeah, I'll give, I'll give Ben, I'll give him an A. I will. Um, if he starts hitting on more of those deep balls, it'll be an A plus for me. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. That's my only issue with Ben. I have him at an A. I would love to put him at an A plus based on our expectations for him. But once we realized and we said this, once they kept saying that he was healthy, and we saw it the first and, and three we saw, four weeks of the and season, and not even the first three four weeks, I take it back to training camp where they kept yeah. telling us, man, this is the best his elbows ever felt. He's more strong, is stronger, is this and is that. So that instantly took my expectations back to normal for Big Ben. So with that being the case, I have him at an A because he hasn't consistently hit the deep ball. Normal Big Ben consistently hits those dagger shots downfield. Like I said, he's taking them, but he just hasn't connected with them. But I love what he's been able to do from above the next standpoint. I love what he's been able to do in terms of getting them in the right calls, more importantly. Mm -hmm. And then also his toughness. You've heard me preach and harp on that numerous times early in the season. He was taking a lot more shots than we're accustomed to him taking. To me, like all of those things – are, are, are beautiful, man, seeing do, seeing Seven do that. Yeah. The biggest thing, like you said, is just the deeper passes. We want more accuracy out of it. But that I feel like that still will come because, like I said, it's not power-related. If it was arm strength-related, it's certain things you're just not going to be able to. You can't get right. stronger right. in that in that situation, that standpoint. Yeah, that, that's just not happening. Surgery. Yeah. But for you to get better with your accuracy or, or just your placement down the field – you can get you can that that can improve along with the timing because a lot of times man I see him when he's throwing to Claypool or Deontay just the timing sometimes with those guys seems a little bit off whereas when you look at him and Juju you see how in sync they are how he knows where where Juju wants the ball Juju understands when he's running his route where Ben is planning to put the ball as well whereas I feel like with Claypool and Deontay because they don't have the same amount of reps and experience with them it still at times looks like they're not a hundred percent on the same page right. all the time. Right. Yeah. Same chapter, different page. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. man. Yeah. Um. All right. The last two quick hitters here from me before we get to break. Uh, as you remember, I'm aiming to be an all-pro tweeter for your show this season. Am I trending that way? First team. First team, me. You're a front runner right now for for the first team. Uh, we do know it's it's very competitive though. It you, is. you got you got the lit one. She's always involved. Mm. You got Thrash. Got He's always involved. You got there, David. David. Yeah, yeah, David, man. So Don Juan's heavy on the tweets. So so just know it, it's, it's, heavy it's, on it's the very tweets. competitive. This Josh is, is heavy on the tweets. This is more NFL Hall of Fame than NBA Hall of Fame. It, if you if you catch my drift, we well, you know NBA Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Good. You know, it, it's like oh man, you know what. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Richard Jefferson should make the Hall of Fame. Like, what? Wait a minute here. It's, it's, it's different. This is more NFL style, all right? It's, now, it's a lot more competitive. Now, see, these are the type of questions for me that gets him on the All-Pro list. Uh-oh, here we Third go. Third and final question. Ren and Stempy or Rocco's Modern Life? Oh. Now, see me. See, now you're trending and really trending in the right direction. Those both are epic. I mean, those are both great. God. You can't go wrong with either. God. I think I'd go more Rocco's Modern Life, though. Serious? I'm you a going Ren and Stimpy, Stimpy guy. Yes. I don't know why. It's just weird. I, <laughs> I love like it. it. I love the weirdness, man. I do. I do. I, I'm a big fan of both, though. Oh, you sure. can't go wrong with either 90s, one of those. 90s yeah. kids. Come on, baby. Come on. Now. Come that's, on, baby. That's like asking me Doug versus Hey Arnold and stuff. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> 
Dude, this, this is our era. This is what we do. <laughs> this is what we do for sure. Uh, we got a bunch more tweets here. I promise you we'll get to them before we get out of here. We'll also do a little Best of the West on the other side. Keep those tweets rolling in at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. I am the Wild Wild West, and this is my list. It's a simple concept, folks. Best of the West Wednesday. It's just our top ten teams in the National Football League, but we dress it up with a fancy name and a little banter as well, too. And I do not let Arthur Motes wind me up anymore, all right? On Fridays, he gets to wind me up because it's most Motes hosts Friday. But this is Best of the West Wednesday. Here we go I'm now. going first. We know, we know, we and know. And I'm starting at the back of the list again. I like this new trend, you know, no, because yeah, that's, everybody, knows, at the front. everybody knows the Steelers are going to be number one or number two on this list, so we got to build up So, So we suspense. know when you don't like the Steelers anymore, the we're going to be going back to the top of the list. Yeah, if the Steelers it. lose a bunch of games okay. here and they fall down to like six or seven on the list, then we'll start well, back so at the top. You know, in the suspense, start at number one. Yeah, because that's how you would preach it to me at first. Now yep. you didn't flip the whole yep. script. Yep. <laughs> See, last year the Steelers were checking in on this list like eight, nine, ten, so we had to start at the front to Start the front. The hey, we do it different. <laughs> Number ten on my list: the Miami Dolphins. Mm, okay, undefeated in the Tua era. Brian Flores. Brian in the Tua era. Listen, you are funny. They don't ask how. Yeah, you ask are funny. Undefeated in the Tua era. I mean, spot the lie. Where's the lie? Let's get the narratives rolling, baby. <laughs> Brian Flores. I'm telling you, folks, this dude can coach. Uh, I think the Dolphins, especially because like Moats and I laid out, there's going to be eight teams in each conference by the time we get to the playoffs. They, I think the Dolphins. They, 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 they'll be in there. I think the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. Uh, the offense will get a little bit better under Tua as the year rolls along, but they're very good on special teams. They're very good on defense. Maybe the most underrated defense in the NFL as it stands right now through nine weeks of the season. I got the Dolphins at number 10. At number nine, perhaps still the most difficult team for me to evaluate truly, the Tennessee Titans. I mean, when they look good, they look good. When they look bad, they look bad. Uh, but I think that this is obviously a playoff team. I think this is a team that can beat anybody. They've got tools on offense. I think picking up Desmond King was huge for them at the I mean, deadline. Pay in, I mean, they paid dividends last well, yeah, last week. They, that, he had his touchdown, man, on That defense. was their biggest position of weakness on defense, you could argue, through the first half of the season. They go out and get one of the best slot corners for an absolute bargain. I don't know what the Chargers were doing there. Uh, I got the Titans at number nine. Number eight, I got the Bucks. Another team that's been hard to evaluate. Uh, they've been high on my list, as high as number three. Um, just some inconsistencies there. One week they look great, they light it up on offense. The next week they're not on the same page. I still do think that this is a very good football team, though. I've got them at number eight. At number seven, they're slowly climbing back up the list. It's those Buffalo Bills. Seven and two, quietly. I mean, quiet. Seven and two, I tell you. I mean, no, nobody giving those Bills love. What? They're seven and two. What? Sitting at number seven on my list, baby. Oh, wow. Uh, I know. Mo probably right. has them number two on his oh, list behind the Steelers. Oh, my gosh. Those Buffalo Bills. Wow. Seven and two. Number six. You better not say the Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks. Oh, my. This is crazy. This is crazy. I got the Seahawks at six. 
This is crazy. They're six and two. That's like you putting the Cardinals over the Dolphins on this list right now after the head to head. What are we oh, talking yeah. about here, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we serious? Why didn't you Why didn't you go Dolphins then? Why Why Why'd you go Cardinals? You know what I'm saying? We, we I can't. did go Dolphins. I mean, excuse me. That's, I'd be like, why, why, why didn't you go Cardinals over the Dolphins? <laughs> That's a good question. It's the exact same scenario, my, right? This is my moment to be like a politician, okay? <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. I don't know how to, I don't know how I feel about the Seahawks either. Like they're another team. They've been as high as number three or number two on my list. I know exactly how I feel about the Seahawks. Is Russell Wilson? It's Russell Wilson and the against rest of the world. Guys. <laughs> they've given up the second most points. Sorry, they've given up the second most yards oh, to it's, this it's point. Bad, bro. In NFL history, like not the second most yards in the league this year, not the second most yards in recent history. They've given up the second most yards to this point in the season in NFL history. Like, just think about the NFL yeah, the, still the six history of that. Just, just yeah. think about that for a second, man. Okay, maybe I'll drop the Seahawks back to seven. <laughs> That's what I'm like, put bro, the Bills at six. This is, this is a historically bad defense, baby. They are, man, I'm watching Josh Allen, and I'm like, bro, all right, I know Josh is good. But it was times in the game. I was like, "Bro, Josh, come on now, bro. You, 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 not, you ain't that nice now. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a, wait a day going second, man. I seen you play. Before. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't study you too much for, for this to be surprising me right now, man. Number, Seahawks bad, bro. They number, bad on defense. Number five, the Packers. Another team that, man, when they look good, they look great. When they lose, it's U G L Y. Oh, you said I think some of the the Packers. You said the Bucks. Packers. Oh, I, I said that you know, about the Bucks too. But yeah, you. yeah. I said that about the Packers too. <laughs> when you talk about the Bucks and Packers, it's like it's one the, thing you say for this, you can say the exact same for the other one. Seriously, man. I mean, it's it's very weird. Um, defenses that look good, really good at times, and then that just hemorrhage yards at other times. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers, those tools on offense, and, and what we know that they do have on defense. I got the Packers at five. Number four, I got the Baltimore Ravens. Another one. I mean, really good. Like, but it just it looks like a different team every week. But uh-huh. but I, one of the top five teams in the league, I think for sure, and certainly one of the real contenders. Number three, making their highest appearance since early in the season, the Saints. Another team, maybe like the Buffalo Bills, quietly flying under the radar at six and two somehow, and they're doing it without Michael Thomas. They're looking a lot sharper without Michael Thomas. I think for a couple weeks there, they were adjusting to life, yes, trying to figure out, trying what to figure to do. out, you know, how to cut their teeth on offense without Man. number thirteen. Uh, they're six and two without him. They get him back and get him rolling. Whoo, watch out! Yeah, uh, as long as he don't beat any of his other teammates Saints, up, he's good to go. The Man. Saints are playing good football uh, quietly under the radar. I've got them at number three, and then here we go. Uh oh. I still got the Steelers, too, and the Chiefs won. All right? I mean, you guys know I'm going to continue to do this. The Kansas City Chiefs, they still have by far, I mean by far, the NFL's best point differential. They're the only team in the National Football League that has a triple-digit positive point differential. Who's undefeated, Wes? And they're the only ones that are close. Who's the undefeated team, Wes? Hey, you know... It's only one undefeated team in the league, And West. there's only one undefeated Super Bowl champion in NFL history, the best 1972 team ever. at Miami Dolphins, and nobody calls them the best team ever. <laughs> I got the Steelers at two. I got the Chiefs at one. All right? And again, like I said, it's week 10. Who cares about being number one week 10? All right? I think, and I've said this before, I think the Steelers have more vertical mobility than the Chiefs, and I truly mean that. And what I mean by that is I think the Steelers can improve more than the Chiefs can improve. Serious question. Who do you think has the higher ceiling between the two, though? We we know they could both improve, and we feel like the Steelers have more room to improve, but who do you think ceiling is higher between those two offenses? Just the offenses, or just that you mean the teams in general? Both. 
offense is I feel like offense we, is the Chiefs. Because I feel like we is I mean, great and well rounded as the Steelers it's offense is because of their offense. It's not like we're we're talking Certainly. about them and oh man, look at this right. defense. Like, and that's uh, yeah, yeah. Even I mean, and we know the Steelers. They've got they've got a Hall of Fame quarterback. They've got playmakers all over the field on offense. But the Chiefs. I mean, there's there's levels to this. I mean, <laughs> I mean, right? Like 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 You're we right, love man. we love Eric Ebron and he's very talented. He's not Travis Kelsey. I mean, we love Juju and he's very talented. He's not Tyree Kill. Like you know, they're, no they're, lies detected, baby. Like and and right now at age 38, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is is Patrick Mahomes. Um, and again, I'm not comparing their careers. I'm talking right now on November 11th, 2020, before everybody gets all mad at Even me. Even though I'm glad you said that because I have seen people say that they would take Mahomes' career to this point over Ben's career to at this point. No, not right now. If Mahomes retired hey, tomorrow, no. That, I, no. I, I'm with you on now, that. But it's it's a testament to what Mahomes has done already yes, that it's even were, a, that it's even a thought. Right, because they were saying in terms of him, league MVP, Super yeah. Bowl MVP, yeah. Super Bowl champ, record breaking season, multiple AFC championship game appearances in such a small window, the the amount that he's been able to accomplish and, and get those accolades. Whereas right, you said right. even though Ben is a Hall of Famer, he doesn't have the net like the Accolades when sure, we talk sure. about he doesn't have the individual stuff MVPs, postseason MVPs, yeah. and things like that. Right. Past season he doesn't like have had. those type of things going on with them. Yeah, and I, I certainly do think there's something to be said to that. But I think most guys would take the longer, more successful career yeah. over the short-lived. Right? Yeah. I, like I, I feel like I don't know if there's another example no, of I, that. I think th- for me, the best way that I've kind of looked at it, it was. I feel like if Ben's career throughout this whole time was at an eight, right? We said it was at an eight. That's a high standard throughout. Whereas we feel like Mahomes has been a 10 these first two, you know, two to three seasons as the guy. But we don't know if he's going to stay at a 10 throughout the next 10 plus years. You know what I mean? Or if it's going to drop down. Right. So to me, that's why I lean Ben because I'm like, if I'm going to get this for that long, I mean, we haven't had to worry about a quarterback for, what, almost 20 years, dude? Like, mm-hmm. that's nuts. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not even like a, a Phillip Rivers situation or an right. Eli Manning situation. Right. It's like, no, 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 this has been top-tier quarterback yeah. play 100%. for that long as well. So that's why I lean towards Ben in that in that standpoint. Now, it could be different if we're looking up 10 years from now, Mahomes is still doing these type of just craziness. Then it's like, all right, yeah, Mahomes, cool. But as it stands today, yeah, give me the longevity that Ben has put out there. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I'm with you on that. And again, that it's a testament to Mahomes that it's even you know it's even brought up at this yeah. point. And if he continues what he's done, there's no doubt Mahomes is going to be one of the all time greats uh, by by the time he's all he's all yeah. said and done. Um, but again, it's week ten. Steelers, I you gonna you can't got more vertical mobility. Unreal. But right now, I'm going with the team that is Unreal. just the only triple digit point differential, you the only it. one close in the NFL. You saw them lose to the Raiders. Second best in turnover differential. You saw them lose to the Raiders. Uh, I did. You're Raiders right. got beat by the Bills. You had the Bills behind the Seahawks for a second. <laughs> now, now you're drawing a lot of. Co- I mean, you're connecting a lot of dots what here. What are you doing right? here? You connected a lot of dots here. Uh, our what AYS, you, what you doing? AYS what you says doing? our goal should be to be the best team in the league from training camp all the way to the Super Bowl. So, with that being said, I care where we stand at week yeah, 10, baby. I do too. And West coming in here, dropping all this nonsense, talking about some 72 yeah. Dolphins. They the only undefeated team for a reason. We pop champagne because of them, all right? Jeez, Louise. Hey, you know, this time last year, everybody was crowning the Ravens and, and burying the Chiefs. How did that work? How did that work out in the long run? 
I don't want to be crowned in, they, in they, November. I don't want to be crowned in week 10. They, they still got the Crown one seed. me we, in we, January. Crown me in February. They had the one seed. We was on the outside looking at how we're going to hit on the club. Who going to get in the club? King, <laughs> king me king, king me in February, all right? Not in October. We over here hating on them. Like, boy, we went over here all watching them. Come on, man. <laughs> well, my other's receiving votes like every other every other five and three team that Basically. seems exactly the same, right? Yeah, why uh, do I feel like there's so many of them the this Colts, year, bro? The Rams, oh the Raiders, the Cardinals, the Browns. Any one of those teams wants to emerge is better than the other. You're more than welcome to <laughs> <laughs> we were up against the break here. What say, what say you? Give, All it, right, give us man. your list. <laughs> so for me, I got Dolphins at 10. Obviously, they beat the Cardinals in the head-to-head, so that's why I have them there. Titans at 9. Um, good team, inconsistent, but as a whole, just a really good team. Uh, at number eight, I got the Bucks. It's hard for me to keep them move them up higher yeah. when we just saw them get absolutely yeah. whopped. You know what I mean? Like it, you can't play like that. Yeah. I got the Seahawks at seven. They're a Russell Wilson team. If Russ plays well, they look well. Russ turns the ball over, gets binged up, banged up. They look bad. So that's why they're at seven. At six, I got Patrick. I mean, I said Patrick. I meant pay. Packers, golly, <laughs> Packers, there we go. See, I'm looking at the Pat, and I'm thinking, thinking Pat, Patrick yeah. Mahomes. No, 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 I got the Green Bay Packers here, man. Inconsistent as well. At times, they look really good. I mean, we were talking about Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league a couple days ago. And in a week from now, they can go out here and look just abysmal offense. We know that with them. So I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid just yet. So I got them at six. At number five. I know where he's going. Let's go, Buffalo. Climbing back up the list, baby. Yes, indeed. In fact, this is their highest on the list because I, I didn't have them higher than six prior to this. I was a little bit harder on them. You were. But after seeing that whooping that they put on Russell Wilson and, and how they got after him and minimized his impact, Josh Allen, obviously AFC Player of the Week again, multiple times this year. Shout out mm-hmm. to him in that. And from that standpoint, I had to have them at five. And then at number four, I got the Saints, man. I feel like Saints, Packers, and Bucks. when they look good, they look good. A lot when of the same conversation. So yeah. as it pertains to this week, we just came off of seeing them look really good. So that's why they're at the fourth spot. Two weeks from now, they could be at this eighth spot, and the Bucks could be back up there in the, top, in, the, in the fourth spot. But that's where I have them at right now. At number three, I got the Baltimore Ravens. Hey. I mean, let's be real, man. They bounce back. They they bounce back. And we know that the Colts, we we, we talked about them. They're a good team. They are. They're, they're a good team. They still, I feel like. They're in that 11 capped, to yes. 14 range. Yeah, they're capped in terms of. Contenders and stuff like that, but they're still going to be a tough well team coached, to beat. That's a lot just of good them, players. Man. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So now, drum roll, please. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers at number two. Kansas City Chiefs is. at number one. Let's go to break. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna boot skip boogie on out of here. <laughs> You see how he does it, folks. I mean, he's clever. He, he's real clever. Uh, all right, last chance saloon here. Get those tweets in at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. We wrap with your questions, comments, <laughs> concerns, and reactions on the other side. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, Motsy, plenty of tweets to get to here. The participation has been lit today. Lit, 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 lit. Oh, so let's one. get right to it. I think, I think she's in here somewhere. Oh, we'll, lit, lit, lit. We'll, 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 get to, we'll get to Rebecca at some point, but we start with Jason here. 
Uh, Jason says, it's Jason from New Hampshire. I told you guys in the locker room last week that you two are at fault for me creating a Twitter account. This is my first time tweeting you all. Love the show. Well, thank you, Jason. We appreciate it. Um, Jason wants to know, could this be a hit-the-wall game for the Steelers off of three straight away games and all the COVID impact of the last two weeks? Um, I don't think it's a hit-the-wall game. In, in fact, I think it would be the opposite because of the adversity, similar to what the Titans tried to do in terms of creating that us-against-the-world mentality, right? I think they look at this as an opportunity to say, well, look, not only are we going to have you know key guys, starters, not practicing with us this week, they potentially might not play this week, but we're going to make sure whoever goes out there is ready to go. And he's going to challenge those guys like Ben, like Vince, who are virtually you know working this yeah. week to come back out there and perform at a high level on Sunday. And I just think knowing Ben and just how he likes to, you know, show up against adversity and, and, and be the savior, be the hero, yeah. this is the perfect scenario for him. So I, I, I anticipate them actually doing the alternative. I think they come out and are way more locked in and impressive compared to if they were coming into this game under normal circumstances, I would think more so this could be the letdown because they're like, oh, it's the Bengals. The Bengals are 2-5-1. Right, right. I mean, we know they got Burrow, but it's not that much of a threat type situation. I think this is going to be it's going to benefit them actually. Conrad, you know, chiming in on our conversation about expanding the playoffs and potential bubbles and things of that nature. Uh, he's saying, Motsi, his heart can't deal. You know, he says, my Phoenix Suns went undefeated in the bubble and still didn't make the playoffs. Hey, and they I, were going crazy. Shout out to D-Book. They were America's, America's yes, team, man. the Phoenix Suns. It hurt me to, my, for them not to make it. And my Mountaineer brethren, Javon Carter. That's that's my squad right now. But I'm not going to lie. I was kind of happy because I felt that that was a, a bad matchup for my Lakers. That's and true. That's who you they would have faced. That's true. I was like, give me Dame Lillard and that 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 situation over there. I like that a lot more than Devin Booker right now, man. Randy tweets, hey guys, I was wondering how much of a factor fatigue will be with no potential first round buy if they expand the playoffs for the Steelers. That's a ton of games in a row. Uh, it is, and yeah. that's why we were talking about they they I, could rest I, guys week seventeen say, against I, the Browns, I things fully like that. Anticipate if this becomes yeah. official that you will see them rest guys because the whole undefeated season narrative is cool. And you understand it's more so the significance of getting the bye than the significance of going undefeated. But the end goal, a Super Bowl is always going to be more important than an undefeated season. 100%. A Super Bowl is more important than a 15-1 and one or 14-2 and two season. Ask the Baltimore Ravens last year. I mean, ask the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2017. I mean, what we were able ask to do is. Ask the 18-1 yeah. New England Absolutely. Patriots. Like, we, we, don't, we did not care about that regular season record. We thought that was the absolute worst season because we lost in the first, I mean, excuse me, the second round. Our first playoff game, we lost. So that, to me, man, hey, hey, the Super Bowl takes way more priority and precedence. So I would fully anticipate them resting guys if that were to be the case going down. Rudy wants to know if your dad had too many adult beverages last night celebrating the Marine Corps' birthday. Hey, <laughs> simplify, simplify. My dad always gets it in, man. He, he's a turn-up guy just like myself. And, yes, he, he definitely celebrated it appropriately. But he did it in the way of, of the Marines. You know, if he is going to get intoxicated, he's going to get intoxicated in the way uh, of, of, that a Marine would do it. I mean, you're going to look at this guy being intoxicated and say, that has to be a Marine because <laughs> you've never seen a person be intoxicated the way a Marine gets intoxicated. Baby, that's just how it goes. You know this. Buddha says, uh, how do we slow down Joe Burrow? We'll talk more about that as the week rolls along, certainly. And uh, can we fix the run game? Absolutely. Got to get a little more push up front. 
I think the biggest thing, man, for the run game, Tyson coming back potentially this week, Mike Hilton coming back. Well, not, well they said both of those guys, they, they'll have the light on for them. So we'll see how, how it progresses for those two guys. Soon as they come back, though, I do anticipate the running game being a lot better. Um, we talked about this a little bit on Monday, just in terms of Tyson versus uh, Henry Mondo, Carlos Davis, and Isaiah Bugs. All good players, but Tyson gives you more consistency right now at this stage in his career than the other three. But when he comes back, that'll shore that up. And uh, Joe Burrow, yeah, we're going to get to that, baby. We're going to get to that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, 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 I ain't dropping those gems today. We, yeah. But we're going we, we, to get, get to that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get to that. Though. All right, yeah, we got a couple minutes left here. Uh, let's roll through the rest of these. Douglas wants to know, why does Madden 21 give the Pittsburgh Steelers so much disrespect when it comes to the overall grade? That's something we've talked about here before. And they're always disrespecting the Steelers, TJ, Minka, Ben. Disrespect. I never understand Madden. And then they want to make you act like we're doing you a favor by upgrading your roster during the season. Like, bro, you're not upgrading me. you give me what was supposed to be. you you disrespectful. That's what you are. <laughs> Ernesto agrees with our uh, evaluation, our report card of Big Ben halfway through the season, but agrees that, yes, his, uh, his deep balls are still a little concerning. Uh, just get that cleaned up, and we will be at an A-plus performance. Thrash says, uh, I want to be an All-Pro in 2021. Hashtag Thrash seal of approval. <laughs> uh, Harry wants to know, Motsi, what is your favorite holiday mixed drink? Favorite I'm, going with a hol- I'm going with an old-fashioned. If we're talking holiday mixed drinks. I don't really drink old-fashioned. I don't drink old-fashioned. Old fashioned. Moscow meals. I don't drink none of that type of stuff, honestly. Um, in terms of a holiday drink? I don't know. I I I feel like I drink my drinks year round. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't discriminate with the seasons. Oh, I was about to say, yeah, I, I've never felt like I could drink this drink during this time. And uh, I mean, what? Yeah, I, I I don't know. Spike cider, maybe. I don't know. I drink whatever. I, give me henny. Give me whatever I want to drink. And yeah, that, that's what I roll with, baby. <laughs> the lit one, Rebecca. Actually, hold on. Get, give me. A, Tweet me some recommendations for oh uh, now we're talking for holiday drinks. Maybe you know what I'm saying educate me. There on we this. go. And now I'll try talking. them out. I got I got plenty of time to try them out. Now we're talking. Yeah. Uh the lit one, Rebecca. Lit 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 She says, did West just throw all the NFL teams in a hat and randomly draw them out for his best of the West this week? <laughs> Rebecca, me, you you. Uh Joe Majors, did Ben get hosed for not getting Super Bowl 43 MVP? I say yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's debatable. It's a tough some, question. Some people will say he should have been co-MVP. Some people say he should have got it. Some people feel like it got it went to the right person. Some people argue <clears> James <throat> Harrison. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I put it like this: in the moment, I thought it was gonna. I thought it should have been James. But I mean, hindsight being twenty twenty, I didn't have an issue with it. You know, going to the tone time. Like, I mean, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steel City Champs says, don't get your blood pressure up because the Steeler Nation knows ranks mean nothing. It's about the Lombardi Trophy. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Now you're now you're speaking my language. Yeah, because these guys up here talking about undefeated teams not being the one. I mean, it's just blasphemy. I can't believe Wes would say such a thing. Gosh. Cuban Dan says, I didn't realize all of us listeners were bidding for a Twitter team roster spot. <laughs> Y'all are going to be disappointed when you find out I'm coaching. Great show, fellas. Love it. Love it. Ah, no one claimed the head coaching spot yet. Yeah. Uh, Douglas says, Mad Elf is an awesome beer for holiday drinks. Um, 
And Thrash Metal Guy says, you know what? I'm going to be campaigning for me, not for myself, me. <laughs> oh, all right. I like you. Gotta, you, you, you definitely got to specify now like what that. is happening that's to good, me. Yeah, it's good teamwork amongst yeah. the power grid there. That's good teamwork. Uh, Motsi, let's see here. One last one from Oklahoma Zone. Uh, he says, folks are so down on Mason, but at what point has Mason played with a uh, proper running game? Granted, I know he's no Peyton Manning, but I don't know why people are expecting him to be the second coming of Ben. I think he can be a good quarterback. We've talked about this with Mason too. Like, it's been difficult for him in terms of coming into this year, right? Because this was kind of the year that you wanted to see. All right, he had that insane year last year, right? Mm-hmm. He was able to go five and three as a starter. Uh, dealt with some injuries, you know, everything that happened with Earl Thomas in the Ravens game with, uh, you know, the injury to, uh, I believe, right, it was collarbone or shoulder in right. the Jets game. He has all the off-field stuff that transpires, right, with with Miles Garrett and Cleveland. You wanted to see how he was able to come back this year, how he looked in training camp, how he looked, I'm sure, getting a big share of the preseason snaps. Unfortunately, that just wasn't the case. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not ready to to punt on him as being a serviceable quarterback, Mozi. I I don't think he's going to be the next Peyton Manning or the Ben Roethlisberger, certainly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I'm I, I'm not giving up on Mason in terms of again him being able to be a good serviceable NFL quarterback. No, I agree, man. I think that you know he can be a good guy, but it's just like you said, the expectations. But I I put that more so on the organization talking about the first round grade. I think that was really what changed how we view him and what we expect from him. And right, wrong, or indifferent, I just feel like he's kind of gotten the short end of that stick. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you on that one. All right, Motsi, that'll do it for today. Uh, We got two people saying eggnog. Ryan Sickle says holiday drink, got to be eggnog. Eggnog, okay. Harry says uh, eggnog with southern comfort. Ooh, okay. I'm I'm with a little SoCo. Yeah. I got introduced to that at JMU, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got introduced to that in high school. What? Hey, now. That'll do it for today's show. Thanks to everybody who tweeted in. You know that we love and appreciate the participation. We're back with Yins tomorrow. Uh, you are out tomorrow, correct, Arthur Motes? Yes. I got to go do the uh, Stiller thing. You we know? will have an abbreviated show tomorrow. I believe we'll still have our buddy Brian Backo to give his predictions and everything, and mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll like that because he won't You know, he won't have Motsi uh, giving him a hard time as much well, as I usual. I never give anyone a hard time. I'm the nicest guy ever. Come on now. <laughs> Um, so we will have a, a little bit of a different show tomorrow. We'll still talk to Brian Backo, but you know that we'll be back to do the darn thing uh, on Friday. A full preview. We'll talk about Joe Burrow. We'll sing some songs. It'll be a Moats hosts Friday. We'll just continue to, uh, or start to, I should say, really deep dive into the Bengals the rest of the week. And you know where to find us as we do all these things, as we talk football and have some fun with you guys. It's uh, high noon where you find us. And as always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.